Welcome to the Grow to Gold podcast. On today's episode, we have River Skinner, VP of Sales of Fluent Solar. Super excited to have you on today's podcast. How are you doing today, River? Dude, I'm, I'm very grateful that you, I love doing these podcasts. Dude, I, whenever I get done doing a podcast, I'm like, that is so fun. Like, I, love, I love just jamming with people, so I appreciate you having me on. I feel good, man. I feel, I, feel, I had a great morning. Um, I, feel, I feel equipped to go and seize the day. I love it, man. Well, I'm excited to have you. Thanks for coming on and thanks for sharing some of your wisdom. So let's jump right into it. So from what I know about you, you're a big morning win type guy. So can you talk to us a little bit about the importance of winning your morning and what that looks like and what that does for the rest of your day? Yeah, dude. I, I mean, kind of the backstory behind it. I, I came home, I, I, I served an LDS mission um, in Italy and I came home and I was, uh, kind of overweight due to all the pasta that I ate. I was eating like just a crap ton of carbs. Right. And so when you eat a ton of carbs, you're not working out. What happens? You get fat. So that's what happened to me naturally. And, um, I came home and I, all I knew is I wanted to have a great relationship. I wanted to get married. I wanted to be in great shape and I wanted to make a shit ton of money. Those are three, like, that's what I wanted. And um, I was not in the place that I really felt like I could get any of those things. I didn't really feel like I was like being the person that would attract the, the wife that I wanted. I wasn't being the person that was going to get back into shape. I wasn't being the person that was going to make a ton of money. And so I started to, I started reading a lot and developing. And um, like, if you look at my, you know, there's tons of books I've read. Um, and it's, it's just taught me a lot. And the biggest thing that I've probably learned is from a book called how to make shit happen by Sean Whalen. He talks about the principle of core four, right? There's four areas of life. So does Garrett White. These are the people I learned it from, but there's body, being, balance, and business, right? There's your business, there's your being, which is your spirituality, there's your balance, which is your relationships, and there's your uh, body, which is your physical health, right? And they talked about this basically taking care, like core four before you hit the door. Basically what that means is, is you're gonna invest into all four of those areas of life prior to leaving for the day, right? So in the morning, how do you get, how are you going to invest into your body? How are you going to invest into your spirituality? How are you going to invest into your relationships? And then how are you going to invest into your business every day? And if you invest and you put more money and you deposit and deposit and deposit into those four areas, if you think of it like a bank account, the more you deposit, the more you can withdraw. But if you're never depositing into your life, then you can overdraft the account and eventually you'll withdraw too much. And so that's, that's, a morning routine for me, man, is, is how do I, how do I invest and deposit into those four areas every morning before I get my day started? Right. Like we're doing this at 11 AM my time. I'm in central standard time. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't have done it at 9 AM. I wouldn't have done it at 8 AM. Um, because you know, that's my sacred time between 6 AM and 10 AM to get my core four before I hit the door to win the morning or however you want to phrase it, but just to take care of myself, you know? I love that. Yeah. One of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes or phrases is you can't pour from an empty cup, right? right? So if you, if you're not constantly filling up your cup, there's nothing you can do in terms of being able to show up and add value. So let's talk a little bit about your story. Um, I, I wanted to touch on that very quickly because I know that's a big part of it, but where are you from? Are you, how did you get to the point now where you're a VP of sales, right? And, and for people that are not in the solar industry, they're not in sales. You're overseeing something like what, 110 people you'd shared with me? Yeah, something like that. So how do you get to this point in your career? How do you get to this point where you have the ability to oversee and lead that many people? 
Yeah. Um, so I grew up in, I grew up in late in Utah. It's about 20 minutes north of Salt Lake. Um, have two awesome parents, mom and dad, they're still together. And I have three younger brothers and a, and a younger sister. Um, and so I have an awesome family and I, ever since I was young, I always remembered my dad had some sort of self-development books around the house, right? We grew up listening to Tony Robbins. We had, you know, all the books he could think of in, in, in the house. And so, and my dad was an entrepreneur and what he did is he would go buy fruit from local farmers and he'd go sell it on the roadside. And he would do that kind of similar to summer sales. I don't know if you're familiar with that model or if you've just done solar, but he'd go make all of his money in four or five months selling fruit on the side of the road and he'd, and he'd do really well for himself. So he gave me the opportunity when I was like 10 years old to sell watermelon and he would give me 50 cents commission for every watermelon that I sold. And, and, and on addition to that, I got $3 an hour. And so I started to realize I could make more off commission than I could make it hourly when I was like, I think I was like 10 or 11 years old, I started to fall in love with sales. And so I, I worked, I worked really hard every summer. Um, I always, my parents always taught me that I, if I want something, I should work for it and get it. I, you know, buy your own car, get your own insurance, you know, pay your phone bill, like just little things that like they could have bought for me, but they just wanted to teach me work ethic. Um, and so it, I just started learning about sales ever since I was young somebody that worked at my dad's produce stand went and did summer sales selling pest control. And he ended up recruiting me to go sell. He sold satellite the following summer and he recruited me to go do that. And that's how I got introduced to door to door sales. Um, and so slowly, but surely I just started learning how to sell more. And then really it, it took me about three or four years to kind of figure out that the real name of the game is, is how can you bring other people and help them have success? And I just learned that the biggest asset that we, one of the biggest assets I believe that we have that's free is social media. And so I just started expressing myself and who I am and trying to find kind of my message, my voice. And I just would share, I'd just share a lot. I'd do, you know, I probably on average do seven stories a day on Instagram. I post probably two or three times a week. I'm doing Facebook lives or Instagram lives quite frequently. And over that time period, you know, when you're doing well, people start to see your success and they start to say, Hey, what can I do to, to work with this person? I want to have what they have. And so I've, I've been lucky to work with some great people and, and, you know, just line upon line, precept upon precept sort of, sort of thing. I've slowly built, um, teams and I've built good people around me just consistently, you know, does that answer your question? No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and out of that, so what do you look for, right? So when you're, when you're recruiting, when you're bringing people into your organization, when you're putting out your content and somebody replies to you, what do you look for in somebody when they're looking to join your team? Like what is the perfect person look like for you that you can mentor, you can mold and you can help them to do what you've done? Um, I mean, I, I think in, it's very rare if I don't want to recruit somebody, right? Unless I'm just like, this person just won't be a good fit. Or if they're just going to be too much drama, like they could do it, but it's just going to, it's not going to be worth the time. You know, one of the quotes that I've, I heard um, from another leader, he said, it's not if I can teach you how to sell solar, it's how long is it going to take me to teach you, right? And so, um, but I feel like most people can learn it pretty quick. The biggest thing that I think makes people successful is just coachability. You know, I think, as we get older, it happens to me, it happens to you, it happens to all of us. We have these things that happen, right? When we're younger, maybe, you know, when I was younger, I never made the team, I never made team sports. I tried out for basketball, I tried out for golf. 
And I never made the teams. I wasn't good enough to make the team. And so I had this story that I wasn't good enough to win. You know, I wasn't good enough to, to win. And so what would happen is we start to have these, we start to harden up around our heart and we start to be defensive and we start to not allow people in and we start to protect our ego, right? We start to protect like, no, I am good enough. And if you, we have these stories that try to protect us. And so I look for people that don't have that. I don't look for, I, or are willing to push past it, right? We all have it, but I don't want somebody whose ego is the size of Texas and maybe they're the, they are the best, best thing since, you know, God's ever, that's God, God's ever made. But I look for people that are just humble. I look for people that want, want to learn that are coachable. And if someone's coachable and willing to put in the work, as long as you're the right mentor, like they're going to be successful. Right. So I, I like working with people that are humble. They're fun to work with. They're, they get results faster. Like I think humility and just coachability is, is and I think the, probably the third thing would be self, self-awareness. Um, right. Is like, are, do you know where you're at? Are you, do you know how good you are? Don't overestimate how good you are, but don't underestimate it either. Right. Don't undervalue yourself, but don't tell yourself you're better than you are. Like how self-aware are you? Do you know your weaknesses? Do you know your strengths, et cetera? So that'd be like the perfect person to me. Someone who's willing to put in the work, who's humble and who's self-aware. I think it's a pretty dangerous combo. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree with all of that. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes is your income will never exceed your habits. So I think the one thing you and I have, it sounds like we have a lot in common, but the biggest thing we have in common is we both understand that the more you work on yourself, the more everything around you grows, right? Like your income will never exceed your habits, but you can substitute anything in there for the word income, right? Your relationship, right? Your health, your happiness, all of that really does fall in line with your habits. And a big thing for this podcast and a big mission of really my whole grow to, go, grow to Gold community here is just to help people understand that there is a lot more in their control than I think people give themselves credit for. Yeah. Because if you have to take responsibility for your life being where it is right now, and that's a big thing you, you, you had mentioned there too, which was accountability. And that's where I'm going with this. If you have to take accountability for where you are right now, that means you also have to take accountability for not just the good stuff, but the bad stuff. Yeah. So my, my question to you would be, how do you help somebody to really get from where they are now, right? I'm sure you've had some great mentors in your life. How do you get from, if I'm coming to work for you and I want to be part of the Fluent Solar organization, how do I go from a new recruit that listened to one of your podcasts and loves your mindset and wants to be part of the river skinner organization to a manager to a regional to how do i follow in your footsteps what would be your practical advice to me um do the small things you know i think i can, when you're talking about it's a, your income will never exceed your habits i i think to take that a step further would be your your income isn't going to exceed who you are right your habits are just it's just an ex it's just a representation of who you are right if you're a disciplined person uh, if you're a person that's integrity, you're going to follow through on the things that you're saying you're going to do. So the habit is going to be, maybe you wake up at 6am, right? But just because it's who you are. Um, so the first thing would be just to start working on who you are. You know, I, I feel like that's what I'm always working on. It starts with, in my opinion, a morning routine, right? Like that's the whole purpose is like to invest into yourself, to get better and to develop to the person that who you, the person that you are and the person that I am. And so it'd be to start off with making sure that you are rock solid, right? Like you're never going to lead people if you don't know how to lead them to what you don't like. If you're trying to teach someone how to sell and they don't know how to sell and you don't know how to sell, it's going to be pretty hard to do, right? So 
the first thing is to make sure that you're rock solid, right? Like your habits are in place. You know how to sell. You're selling consistently. One, the other thing that people I think miss on a lot is they're not financially stable, right? Like they, they focus, like, I just want to become a manager. Like, I want to become a manager. It's like, yeah, but if you do that right now, you're going to go bankrupt and you're not going to make your mortgage or your rent. Like just focus on getting your foundation really, really strong. Once that's strong, then let's bring a few friends over. Okay. Once you have a few friends, let's teach them to do the same thing. Okay. Now let's teach you instead of you just recruiting them and me training them, let's have you train them. Okay, cool. Now you're training people and you understand that let's, let's have you manage them. Okay. Now that you're managing them now let's keep on duplicating. Right. So I think, I think that's the whole thing is just making sure it's just one step at a time. I think we often want to progress faster than we are faster than we, uh, we, we should because the title sounds better. Like, Oh, I want to be a CEO. I want to be, uh, I want to have this, the, this title next to me. I want to be the president of sales. I want to be the CRO. I want to be whatever. None of that really matters. doesn't matter if you're a manager. I know managers that make more than I do. I know managers that make nothing. I know reps that make more than managers. I don't, like, it doesn't matter. Right. What matters is, is your actual impact, right? So there's managers out there. I know this guy in Oregon, he's, their, their team is doing 350 accounts a month. His title is a manager, he, but he doesn't care. The way he feels progression is, is not based off title. It's based off of how he's helping other people and how he's driving volume. I think that's what's important, right? Is, is stop chasing the title. The title doesn't really mean anything. Like really what matters is the impact. And the first person you have to have impact on is yourself. If you don't have impact on yourself, then you can't, you can't like you're screwed from the beginning. I love that. If, if you're listening to go back and re-listen to everything he just said for the last minute there, that in itself is just an incredible, incredible message. And I listened to a guy in our, in our organization in the industry, Michael O'Donnell, I'm sure you know who he is. He put out something that really resonated with me where he called the, the VP of sales title. That's why I'm so grateful to be talking to you as a, as a guy who's also played this position. You're still in this role is the VP. Everybody gets so stuck in titles, but if you can't still sell, right? If you still can't put your money where your mouth is and you're just leaning on a title, it's only a matter of time until you no longer have that title, right? So the ability to continue to deliver and manage all of that and spin all those plates that's a hard thing for a lot of people because what I tend to see happens, and maybe you can touch on this, is when people get to a certain level, they start coasting. They forgot about what got them there. And this is universal, whether you're in sales or maybe you're in a relationship and things have just gotten a little bit stagnant. You have to keep doing the work that got you there. So maybe you can touch on that a little bit. I'm sure you have some incredible value to add to that point. Well, it's, it's just, um, it's, it's, it's nature of man, dude. Like it's, it's constant cycles, right? Like it's not if you're going to slow down. It's not if you're going to stop doing the things. It's how fast can you recognize that you're not doing the things that you need to and get back on track? Because, you know, naturally what happens is it's, have you ever heard of the thermostat? Like, of course. So I, and you explain you it for, that. explain it for everybody though, because they need to hear this. So we all have these standards, right? And if our standard is to be at 70 degrees in our home, okay, we set the thermostat at 70 degrees. And what this thermostat does is it regulates the temperature of the house. So when it gets hot and it gets to 72 degrees, what does the thermostat do? It recognizes it's too hot. It turns on the AC and it brings it back down to 70. If it gets too cold, it does the same thing. So it turns on the heater, not the AC, but you get the point, right? It gets it back to 70 degrees. We have all these thermostats internally, right? How, how much, how connected we feel, how much money we make, 
uh, how, how our body looks, right? And so what happens is, is we start to do the work and maybe we start to progress and make more money than we have. Maybe our thermostat is $15,000 a month, for example, and we're about to make $30,000 this month. Well, what will happen is our thermostat will kick on and it's saying, well, we're regulated at 15,000. So I'm going to find a way to kick the AC on and bring this back down to 15,000 instead of 30. And that's what we call self-sabotage. And it happens very often. Um, we get comfortable when it gets too hot, right? It's like, uh, we don't even know why, but we just know it's going to start coming back down. And so I, I actually did a training on my Instagram. You guys can go check it out. But I think it's, I think it's, the way I think about it is, is your identity, if your identity is too high and you think your thermostat is $15,000 a month, but yet your systems and your habits and who you are doesn't match that, what will happen is, is that you're going to be greatly disappointed because your vision of yourself and your identity is too high and your systems don't match that. And so you're going to end up with disappointment on the other side of that. And this is what happens with overachievers. I believe is your systems and habits are super high, but yet your self-belief and your self-image is too low. And so what happens is as you're getting more and more, you'll find a way to self-sabotage and once again, be disappointed. So you need to always make sure your identity and your systems and your habits are always in line or else you're going to end up being disappointed one way or the other. Um, but it's always just a constant reminder. You know, it's always a constant reminder to do the little things, do the little things every day. Um, That's amazing. That's amazing. And the other thing just that leads perfectly from what you just said there is proximity is power. So my question to you would be is how do you raise your thermostat? I see you wearing Arate on your shirt and you for sale in Ed Milet's group. I'm sure you have an amazing leadership core at Fluent. I'm sure you're surrounded by, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are a part of Noxar as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I had Danny Pesci on the show, going to be launching a podcast with him as well. So my question to you is, how important is community? How important is community to raising that thermostat and, and seeing and believing that more is possible for yourself? I think it's huge, man. I, I think, you know, that's why I had, you know, when I first got into door to door, my, the guy that recruited, well, he didn't recruit me originally. I did a summer and then he recruited me. I still work with him. His name is Jason. Uh, Jason, he was like 28. He had a house. He had he had four kids. He had him. He had four kids quick. He had four kids, beautiful wife. He had the car. He had like, he's had it going on, you know? And I was like, dude, this is what I want. And, um, so I was just lucky to have him mentor me and I could see what was possible right now. I feel like I have nice cars. I have a beautiful wife. I have a nice home. Um, because he was the example. And I just followed success leaves clues. Um, but the way you raise your identity is I, I, I believe that it's by envisioning who you want to be. Right. And, and, Change happens in, in an instant. As soon as I decide to be something, I can be that person. You could choose to be somebody else right now if you'd like to. So for me, it's, it's always looking at who do I want to be? You know, Casey Baugh talks about one of the questions that he asked himself for Sunday planning is, who do I want to be known for, right? And that's what he asked himself in his journal for Sunday planning every Sunday. So I've been doing that, right? Um, it's the same thing, right? I, like I want to be worth $10 million by the time I'm 30, right? I'm 26 now. My goal is to be worth 10 million by the time I'm 30. So I'm going to start telling myself I'm a, I'm a $10 million man now. And then I start to tell myself I'm a $10 million man, affirming that, affirming that, affirming that. And it starts to tell myself subconsciously, I start to believe it. And there's a thing called your reticular activating system. Have you ever heard of that? I so have explained it to everybody though. <laughs> so... <clears throat> Your, your reticular activating system is basically connecting your conscious to your subconscious, right? Your subconscious can download way more information than the conscious mind. And so it's filtering out what's important, what isn't important. 
And so you'll notice that one of the best examples I, that you can think of is when you buy a new car, right? Let's say it's a red Honda Civic. When you go and buy that car, when you drive down the freeway, you'll all of a sudden notice a lot more red Honda Civics. Prior to that, do you think there was less red Honda Civics on the road? No, there's the same amount. It's just that you weren't noticing them, right? And so it's because your reticular activating system started to tell you that that's important. So you saw them more. So when I'm telling myself, I'm a $10 million man, 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 I'm a multimillionaire, I'm successful, I'm wealthy, it's starting to tell my subconscious to find reasons to make myself right, right? To start finding the red hot and civic. I start to see the world differently. I start to see the perception of the world changes. And um, so I think that's one way is affirmations, saying things in the present moment, and then getting around people that are where you're at, you know, like Graham Wood, who's the CEO of Fluent. He, he has tons of real estate. He's where I want to be. Right. And so I, I watch him. I watch the way he operates. I watch, um, I add value to him. And so in return, he, he wants to add value back to me. And I think that's a key thing. Like people will just be like, Hey, will you mentor me? It's like, it's not really appealing. Like, I don't want to be a mentor like for anybody. That's just the truth, right? There has to be a win-win. And so if you want people, if you want to be around people that are going to mentor you, you have to find a way to add value to them. Right. And so that's how you get around successful people. You also got to pay to play. Sorry, I know I'm rambling, but this I is spent, perfect. Keep going. You're rocking. I probably spent 90, no, probably $130,000 over the past five years now just on coaching and mentoring, you know, just on coaching and, and going through programs. And you just meet successful people that way. You meet people that want to be better. You know, Arate is, a, is coaching by Andy Priscilla and Ed Milet. You can. There's so many opportunities out there to find it. Um, but you just have to pay to play. You can't be scared of the money. You can't be scared to invest into you. You know, we'll invest into, we'll, we'll invest into McDonald's food. We'll invest into, um, our, we'll invest $1,200 to an iPhone. We'll invest into whatever else we'll pay everybody else before we pay to invest into us. And I think it's, sh it should be flipped. We should invest into ourselves first and that because we're the biggest asset we have, you know? I couldn't agree with you more in terms of, I have no doubt you're going to make your $10 million goal by 30. Like that's going to happen. So now you're at a point where you're worth 10 million, you're 30. How does your life change? What are you doing at 30 years old when you're worth $10 million? Really to me, like I, I didn't coin this phrase. It's from, uh, it's from once again, I just like to listen to success, successful people. It's, um, what's his name? Bodie Gardner. He was on the, the door knocker podcast. And he just talked about, for me, it's all about buying back time. You know, it's all about buying back time. How can I buy back time? That's the, the his highest value. And I started to think about that. And it's like, right now, my, my daily schedules, I wake up at six. I, I have calls and meetings from, uh, from six to 10. I work on myself from 10 to like one or two. I'm on calls or in meetings, three to like 8.30. I'm out working and selling. And that's my whole life. Do I want to live this way for the rest of my life? No. Like if you, people that want to grind their faces off for the rest of their life, good for you. That's not how I want to live. I want to do this because I want to buy passive income. I want to buy real estate. There's a guy named Chandler Smith. He, another guy you guys should follow. He's making 40 grand a month residually just off of his real estate, not including his job. Um, and I'm like, that's awesome because he is wealthy and he could stop working and he could just go do whatever he wants. So for me, what it looks like is I want to be a father. I want to be a present father. By the time I'm 30, I want to have a few kids. I want to be able to go to the baseball games. I don't want to have to be, I don't want to go sell, be required to go sell 
20 kilowatts this week in order to hit my goals. I want to be able to say, you know what? Money's not the highest value for me anymore. Right now it is because I'm trying to buy back time. But eventually my, my, what I want to spend my time doing is investing into my children, being present, still working, not, not working. But for me, it's, it's being a present father, not being disengaged at home, you know? I love that. I love that. And in terms of going back to, cause the vision is clear with you and I wanted everybody here. That's why we, why I just went through that with you. I want everybody here to see that what you're doing is totally possible. And you're, I'm sorry, you said you're 27, right? 26, 26, even better. So you got another four years to achieve that vision. So undoubtedly you're going to hit that. My question to you is now going back and let's say I'm a 20, how old were you when you got into, uh, when you actually got into doing, so how, how old were you when you got into solar, for example? So I got into solar when I was 19. I got into door to door when I was 18. Okay. So I did, I did two summers of door to door, did a month of solar. Then I went on my mission, came back in 2017 and I've been doing solar since. Love that. Okay. So going through that progression now, so you've been just rocking it ever since as you're seeing other people coming up behind you, what do you think is the biggest mindset shift? Cause I want to get into mindset a little bit here now. What's the biggest mindset shift that you see that somebody has to embody to go from that top salesperson that's just absolutely rocking it to be able to now spin both these plates from a leadership and a sales perspective. How do you maintain both? Because you just touched on your schedule there. And it's super important that I think we talk about that and add that value to people listening. Um, I, I think the first thing is, is you have, like I know a lot of great salespeople that their life is a shit show. You know, they drink all the time. They, their house is a mess. It's just, there's disorder right in their home. And um, I think the first thing is you have to have that structure, right? I call it open circuits, right? So let's say for example, you text me and say, Hey, will you, or my wife texts me and says, will you take the garbage out? And I say, yes. Well, if I don't do that, I just opened a, uh, I just opened a line of uh, an open circuit. And if every open circuit that I have that I need to complete takes energy from me, because I'm thinking a little bit, I need to take the trash out. I need to take the trash out. And so when people's life is in shambles and they have all these things they need to do, they need to wash the car, they need to pay their taxes. They need to, you name it, they have to do it. It's just an energy sucker, right? It just takes all their energy. So the first thing is just get really good at completing those tasks. Really good leaders. If you text a leader, if you text me, I'm sure if you text you, they're pretty dang quick to respond and they're going to solve it fast because they want to solve it and move on, right? They don't want a bunch of open circuits. So we need to do that in our home. We need to make sure that we have a strong foundation that way. Um, so that way your life isn't chaotic anymore, right? Stop living in chaos, start living in structure. So get that habit down of just taking care of your stuff, right? Next thing is, is there's only four things, in my opinion, that you need to do to lead a team, right? You need to recruit. Well, sorry, the first thing you need to do is sell. You need to sell. You need to recruit so you have a team. You need to train those people, and then you need to manage those people, or you can say lead, whatever. So really, like, it's pretty simple. What's your time schedule? Okay, you want to work four hours a day in the field. Cool. So you're going to sell from 4 to 8 p.m., Great. Now, when are you going to recruit every day? Okay. I'm going to recruit from 10 to 11 or 10 to 1130. Okay. So it's 10 to 1130 every day. I'm going to find something to do to recruit. Cool. So, if, and then what are you going to do for training? Well, every day I'm going to have a training from 12 o'clock to 130. Perfect. So from 12 o'clock to 130 every day, you're training your people. Cool. When are you going to manage people? Well, I'm going to do one-on-ones with all my teams and you know, team meetings and team activities every, I'm doing a team activity every other Friday 
you know, you just schedule it out and you just make sure you're hitting all those points every single day. I call every one of my reps every day or whatever your example is, but you just need to make sure that every day you have a plan to recruit, every day you have a plan to train, every day you have a plan to, to sell. If you just keep on doing those things, you're going to win. Like, unless your unless your skill set is just awful, but even a person that doesn't have great skills, if they just continue to do it every day, you're, it's just like a door knocker. Like if, if you knock enough doors, you'll find somebody that wants to, that's interested in solar, right? Hard work Ralph. beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. I, I think so, you nailed, I think you nailed that. And in terms of going through that process, right? Because a lot of people I think get stuck in the weeds and it starts, they start to feel a little bit overwhelmed. They don't close some of those circuits. I love that analogy. I'm sitting here taking notes on this as well. And if you're not, you're crazy because this guy's dropping bombs. How important is it for you to keep your vision in mind while you're going? Because as a leader, you have seven, eight, 10, 12 different jobs, right? This is not one full-time job. It is about seven or eight different full-time jobs that you are segmenting time blocks for. So how important it is you, because your vision snapped our fingers, you were able to tell me exactly what it was. How important is it to have that clear vision to keep you concise and focused when you're going through this process? I had... I've, I've been really lucky to sit on a lot of good trainings. Um, Alan Bowen, who's the CEO of Amps, Amp Security, gave a training. He said there's a difference between a vision and a goal, right? A vision is, a vision is I, want to, I want to make $10 million. Great. I want to be worth $10 million. That's awesome. Cool. Or let, let's actually break it down. I want to, let's do it to sell. I have a, I have a vision. I want to make, I want to sell 10 this month. Cool. That's the vision. Cool. So how are you going to do that? And most of will just stop at the vision. Like, Hey, what's your numbers this month? What do you want to do? Oh, 10. Cool. That's great. But what are you going to do to get there? And what are your daily, what are the daily metrics you need to hit? Okay. So if we were to break this down, if you wanted to sell 10, let's do some simple math. Let's say someone's average closing percentage is 30%. So if you close at 30%, that means you need to sit down with 34 homeowners, 33.33. If you sit down, if you need to sit down with 34 homeowners and you have a 50% a 50 sit ratio, 50% no-show, that means you need to set 68 leads. Perfect. So if you're going to do that, how many days are you going to work this month? Okay. Let's 24, say it's, let's, 25. Okay. Let's say it's 25. So 25, that's 2.72 leads you need per day. So really you need to get three leads per day. Cool. So how long does it take you to get a lead? Well, it takes me about an hour. Cool. So you need to knock for three hours a day. If you want to be, if you're going to have, if you're going to sit down with two people a day, that means you're going to be, you need to have five hours on, in the field every day. If you're in the field and your metrics are true, if you get a lead every hour, you sit down 50% of them and you close 30% of them. If you follow that, you're going to hit the goal. You're going to hit, you're going to hit the vision, right? So I think it's just breaking it down to bite-sized pieces of like, cool, how many people do you want to recruit? What's your team look like? What's the per rep average look like? And then breaking it down to, okay, so what are the, what are the, what's the goal? The goal is not to have a team that does 100 a month. The goal is to do this, this, and this, and this every day, knowing it's going to lead to the vision. And then this is where I think people mess up is when it doesn't go well right out of the gates, they change it. Or it's like, oh crap, I need to change my whole strategy. It's not working. It's like, yeah, but you've been doing it for a week. Just trust the process and then pre-schedule the check-ins, right? So maybe it's once a week or once a month or once a quarter. You just check in and say, how are my metrics doing? Am I closing at that percentage? Am I closing higher? Am I closing lower? How's my no-show ratio? How's my sit ratio? How's my, you know, what's my leads per hour? Cool. 
I'm outperforming or I'm underperforming and then I'll adjust. But you have to give the, the inputs time to bake out to the outputs because if you don't have enough, if you have very little input information, um, you'll make just incorrect decisions off wrong data, if that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. The bigger the sample size, the more true the data is going to be. And I think exactly what you said is true. So how much time, so let's say somebody's just getting into sales, right? They, they're, they joined Fluent, right? They're part of your organization. How much time do you think realistically, when you're sitting down with somebody that's never done this before, how much time realistically do you think somebody needs to commit to truly figure out if sales is for them? I don't know. I mean, I've had, I've had guys like I can think of a guy named Spencer who works for me. He's one of my really good friends. He just doesn't work for me. He works with me. You know, he joined us three months ago and he worked, he worked three weeks, got his first sale canceled, you know, worked another three weeks, got a sale, finally got one. And then now we closed last week, he closed five deals. You know, he's never done sales before. It's almost taken two months, you know? And so there's examples like that. And then there's examples of people that like, have like they're working for three weeks and they haven't gotten to sell them. Just like, I, I start to lose belief. I'm like, I don't know if this guy has it. Spencer, I always believed in. So I don't know if there's a time limit as much as like, I don't know. I wouldn't put it so much structure on it. I just think that I think res resilience pays off, you know? I like it. No, hundred percent. I just, the reason I ask you that question is there's a lot of people listening to this, that you're dropping so much value on this, but maybe they're not in sales. Maybe after they listen to you and they listen to me through this, maybe they want to try sales, but they're in a corporate job. They're in a nine to five. They're making a consistent paycheck. You're commission only, right? You're not, you probably never had a salary. Am I, is that accurate? Yeah. Besides the three bucks an hour. Right. I mean, so, and now you're talking to a guy that's going to be worth $10 million, you know, in the next four years, right? This is going to happen. So you have to be willing to bet on yourself. And I think that's a hard mindset shift for a lot of people, but I'm sure just like I, you have seen that happen and seen people change their entire lives. And if I asked you for your best story of somebody like that, I'm sure immediately something pops into your mind. So what do you got? I'd love to hear your best story for the person that is listening to this podcast right now and is maybe a bit up, a bit behind on their sales goals, or maybe they want to transition into sales after listening to this episode. What's a story that makes the, uh, makes the hair on your arm stand up? Cause I definitely have one that I want to share with you. Yeah. Uh, I think of my, my really good friends, my, one of my best friends since high school, his name is Zach and Zach was selling for a, a big orange competitor um alarms and he sold he sold there for like three summers he did pretty well right um but he he ended up not getting his full pay and whatever i don't know the full story but what ended up happening was is it was december and he 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 didn't tell this to me but he pretty much couldn't make his mortgage payment and um he i basically recruited him i recruited him to come sell solar and this isn't a corporate to sales position but this is a basically like you need to make it happen and he basically trusted me 100%. He said, okay, he didn't tell me this. I thought he was fine financially, but he wasn't. And he was like, cool, I trust you. Let's do this. And we, he sold like eight deals as a first month, killed it. And every one of them canceled. <laughs> every single one of them, man. And um, you know how hard that would be to be like, I need to make my mortgage payment. I need to, like, I don't want to ruin my credit. I need to feed my family. You know, he had, he, he has a wife and, um, and just the emotional, like, just like, dude, I don't know if this is, maybe I should just go get a normal job. And so 
he actually was getting recruited to go have a salary job and to go work um, selling, I think it was like life insurance or something, but they give you a salary and plus commission or whatever. And he was like this close to doing it. And, you know, this past year, he'll, he'll almost clear half a million dollars, you know, this past year. And that's two, three years later. And he quickly, as soon as he got past that resistance of those eight cancels, he started excelling. And so, you, you're not really risking much, in my opinion. What's the worst that's going to happen? If, if you miss the mortgage payment, what's going to happen? Okay, you can't get another loan for another year. Okay, could you handle that? Yeah, you could probably handle that. Like, but what's the risk of staying in a 95, you know, and I'm not bagging nine to fives, but what's the risk of staying somewhere where you're not having your, truly poten- your true potential, right? The risk is, is that you look back on your life and you say, I didn't give it my all. You know, that's the risk. So which risk is bigger? You know, for most people, you know, do you value what you want over security? I, I do, you know, so I think that's the question, which, what do you value more? Do you value security? Then stick with the job, stick with it with the 95. Do you value opportunity? Then sales is the best. It's the easiest way to have uncapped potential. And there's no, there's no startup fees. There's no startup costs, maybe an iPad, maybe a, a polo, you know, that you're, you're into a total $500 on your business, but you could you can go and crank out tons and tons of revenue for yourself. I love that. That's a phenomenal story. And shout out to your boy for that. That's incredible. But the it, it, the other side of that too is, and I'll share my story, and then I want to come back to one other thing. But I, I had a woman come work with me, and uh, she was incredible. She came in, same thing, dressed up to the nines for the interview. I come to find out later on, she's homeless. She's living in her car, and she's got a she's got a one year old son, and she just, you would never know from looking at her. She slept in her car with her son outside of territory for a full month. And this was on the, the lead generation side of our business. And she ended up in her first week because in sales, I think a lot of people have this mindset that you can't make money for a little while. And there's this delay, right? But that's just not the way it is in a lot of different companies where her first week she was able to bring in a $5,000 paycheck. And at the end of that first week, she came into my office. We sat down together and she broke down crying. And this was not, I, I, this was the, a total opposite woman. She came in so prepared for that interview because she just needed that opportunity. And she came in just full heart on display. And she told me because of this opportunity, she was able to get herself and her son into a new apartment. And they finally, for the first time in a very long time, had a bed to sleep in. And something like that would just not be possible if you were going your traditional route. The coolest thing and the reason I'm lucky to have River on this, on, this, on this episode here is because it can't be wrong if, this many, if there's this many examples in an industry with two guys here just having a conversation that that type of thing has happened. And it really just comes down to your ability to bet on yourself. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm grateful that River here shared because you are going to run into some adversity. And his example, guy could have quit, could have left, and he definitely wouldn't have made a half a million dollars in his first year doing what he's doing. And now he looks back on that opportunity and his mess became his message. So that's just beyond powerful. And, and to see what River's doing here, it's just, it's, it's incredible to see and it's super inspiring. And this episode has been everything that I thought it would be. So I, I wanted to, I don't want to go too much further, but River, I just want to give you the opportunity here, man, just to, to close us out. What is your, what is, what are you, where, where do you want to, where do you want to end this, man? Where do you want to take this? What's the message 
that you want to leave off to the audience? And, and then after that message, where can people find you to either join your team, hear more about you, listen to your podcast, give everybody an idea where they can find you? Yeah. So I, I do a podcast every day, five days a week. So five days a week, not every day. Um, it's called the Valor Morning Podcast. We're actually going to be rebranding it soon to the Abundant Morning Podcast, but they're just five to seven minute clips. Um, so go and just listen to, if you want to listen to some more content by me, or if you hate the sound of my voice, then don't tune in. But if you like what I have to say, you know, that's a great place to go get some bite-sized, um, some bite-sized content from me. Instagram is the abundant King, uh, TikTok's the abundant King. And then Facebook is just river James Skinner. Um, the big, the biggest thing that I would say, in my opinion, that will shift the progression of, of my life and your life is, is the depth of gratitude that you can have. You know, there's, if you're, if you're grateful for what you have, if you're truly great, I heard this quote by uh, Seth Grant. I'm just keep on name dropping people, but I just like so many people and what they have to say. But Seth said, if you're not, if you're not working hard, you're just not grateful. You know, like if you're grateful for the opportunity, you're going to work hard. If you're ungrateful, you're not going to work hard. If you're not grateful for your body, you're not going to take care of your body. If you're not grateful for spirituality, you're not going to care about God right? You're not going to try to invest into that. You're not going to, if you're not grateful for your wife, you're not going to invest into your wife. And so the, the biggest thing that will shift your perception um, and get you to want to move is gratitude. It's just, is getting in a place and, and realizing that your life is a lot damn better than you probably take on, to, than you probably believe, you know, my life's a lot better than I believe. Um, so is yours, you know, just all of us have a great life for the most part. There's some sad stories out there, but even then you still have breath in your, in your lungs and you still have another day and another day to create what you want. And um, I just find a way to be grateful. Love that river, a man driven by gratitude. Thank you so much for your time. You absolutely killed this episode and there was a ton of value exchange on this. So go back, re-listen to this, take some notes if you didn't. And I promise you this guy, keep his name, uh, keep his name front in your mind. You're going to see somebody very successful continue to keep doing what he's doing. So River, thank you so much for your time. And I really appreciate you. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you guys for tuning in.